Hey everyone, it's Mike with Practicing Catholic. Back again with another episode. Continuing on with the theological virtues, this time with hope. What an amazing virtue this is. Really helps inspire us, especially in those hard times. So, let's get ready to practice. Well, as always, everyone, thank you so much for joining the show. We really do appreciate it. Uh, first of all, thank you to all of our listeners uh, here in the States and abroad. Uh, this past week, we went over 4,500 downloads. That is something we have, I don't think we ever anticipated as it relates to the show. We we did this out of love of the faith and uh, the, the joy of sharing the faith. And uh, just thank you to everyone. Uh, from the beginning, who has taken time to listen to an episode. We really, really appreciate that, uh, and we certainly hope that along the way this this show has maybe helped you a little bit or inspired you a little bit more or, uh, in the end, has just helped you grow closer to God. So, with that, again, we're continuing on this amazing journey of of understanding the, the theological virtues, uh, this time with hope. Just to, to kind of recap a little bit, as we talk about virtue, again, uh, human virtues, especially those that we know within the Catholic faith, prudence, temperance, justice, fortitude. On the Vincentian side, in the Vincentian family, uh, the Vincentian fathers, they have five, humility, simplicity, meekness, mortification, and zeal. These and so many others are our habits. They are things that we as people can learn to be better at, right? I can learn how to be more humble and more meek, you know, when when... Uh, my wife gets mad at me not responding uh, and yelling back because I did something wrong. It would be being meek and, and truly taking uh, her criticism uh, or, or her, you know, what she's saying to me, um, you know, properly. And, and so these are just things, again, that we can do so much better. Again, with the theological virtues, because they're of God and they come from God, they need God's participation and they need the gift of grace. And and that's what emboldens and strengthens faith, hope, and ultimately then charity. So here we are with hope. And and we think about the word hope, and we hope for so many things uh, in in our lives, right? Uh, We hope for a good job. We hope for a promotion. Uh, We hope that we get into the school that we want to go to if we're looking to maybe go to anything post-secondary, whether that's a a particular trade school or a college or uh, anything like that. Uh, we hope it to get into the, uh, you know, uh, doctor program of our choice or the, you know, law school of our choice. Um, we hope to find the right person in our life uh, for us to be with uh, in terms of uh, a spouse. So there's so many things that we hope for. But hope within the Catholic faith is, faith is, is certainly different. Hope it is the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven as eternal life and and our ultimate happiness. That's very different from the world today. You know, the world today sells so many things as being happy, right? And, and I'll point something out, and, and marketing points this out all the time. When you're, when, when you're growing up, at least when I was growing up, and they still sell them today, right? You go to McDonald's, you can buy a happy meal, right? There are so many things that we describe as things that bring us happiness, right? But the, the the happiness of heaven versus the happiness of things that we experience here today uh, are certainly very, very different. 
the kingdom of heaven is eternal. This is eternal happiness, something that will never diminish, never end, never stop. Whereas happiness with many of the things that we have uh, from this earthly standpoint is fleeting. Uh, we get a new car. We're very happy over time. The car starts to break down. We're not happy with it anymore. What do we do? We get a new fo- we get a new car. We do the same thing with our iPhones and technology, right? We get the newest, latest iPhone. We use it for a while, and then now all of a sudden it's out of date, and it's, the pictures aren't as good, or the the speed of it are, isn't as good. And then what do we do? We have to replace it, right? And so happiness here is is more geared to n- not being sustainable. It's very interesting when you when you hear it that way. In terms of and, and happiness, and I'll tell you when you know this is a, a thought of uh, you know philosophers for for <laughs> centuries, right? Aristotle himself, one of the greatest uh, individuals of thought in the entire world uh, in terms of human history, reasoned the following: happiness was only able to be achieved, and he saw happiness as the pinnacle of of the human good of the human life. Now, he did not know God, but yet he reasoned the soul. And he did this 500 plus years prior to the time of Christ. But anyway, Aristotle himself realized the only way to achieve happiness was to live a moral and virtuous life. It's pretty profound. Pretty profound. Certainly, in our faith, we understand that hope, our hope, really truly is for desiring the kingdom of heaven. An eternal life as our happiness. Now, things along the way can make us happy, but they can't become our end-all, be-all. can't be desiring that more than what I desire with unification with the Trinity in heaven. The virtue of hope also responds to the aspiration of happiness that God's placed in our heart. Right? We all desire to be happy, but what are we trying to make us happy? Because ultimately, the things we have in this world will, will never be enough because we'll have to continue to pursue, pursue more and more and more and more. And we see that just in, in our own daily lives, right? We, again, as we said, we, we get to have to get the newest, latest, greatest iPhone because after a while, they don't, they don't work anymore. We replace cars. We, we buy the next bigger house. We go to the next job with a better pay or better title. And not that those things, again, are inherently evil. It's if that is what's trying to make you happy, it will never sustain long enough. Never sustain long enough. So as we get into hope, this amazing virtue that, again, is emboldened with grace, what we begin to see is the following. Hope inspires our activities as individuals and purifies them in order that we can obtain the kingdom of heaven. That's pretty profound. And this, this can be actually found in the Catechism, uh, paragraph 1818. So again, it inspires our activities and it purifies them. And what do I mean by that? A little bit in the last episode, I talked about my current work, right? My current work is certainly much different than what I did before. I was a commercial insurance agent for over a decade. I sold life insurance. I uh, So I was in sales for... For over 10 years, um, I uh, worked in human resources in the corporate world. Uh, very different than working in youth ministry on a daily basis. But with that being said, as I grew in faith, as I kind of reconverted back to 
uh, my faith in a much deeper faith, I began to see how disordered I was with regard to my perception as of work. You know, I was letting work define my value. I was letting that define me. I was letting people's perception of me define me more than God's perception of me. And hope, my hope in, in, in heaven, my hope in loving God began to change my view towards what was important and my view towards how I did things. So that's number one. So again, it, it, it inspires our activities and purifies them. Second thing it does, it keeps us from discouragement. You know, that's an important thing. You know, this is uh, today, um, you know, we are all challenged with uh, traumas, with difficulties, with obstacles, barriers, whatever that may be. Hope, especially hope in the in 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 eternal life, right, keeps us from reaching despair and discouragement. And that can be can be very challenging because it can be a very, very lonely road sometimes, especially when you're living your faith boldly. Friends and family and and, you know, people that, you know, can uh, discourage you. Uh, They can walk away. Uh, You have natural obstacles and barriers within uh, just society in general. It, It can be very discouraging. But hope Hope, when it's strong, when it's powerful, when you let that grace build inside, can carry you through and, and past that, that period of discouragement. It is, sustains us during times of abandonment. Again, as I mentioned, it can be a very, very lonely road sometimes. You can feel like you're the only person. You can feel that way. Part of that is the devil's ploy, because the devil wants to separate and discourage where God wants to sustain you and encourage. So hope sustains us that what I'm going through right now will be better. What I'm in right now is meant to form me more faithfully. What I'm going through right now is meant to further enhance my understanding of my faith because in these tough times, when we're starting to feel discouraged, when we might feel abandoned, that's when we have to, to cleave to God even more. And that's where hope begins to carry us. Next, it opens our heart and expectation of eternal beatitude. Now, what does that mean? You know, when we talked in our previous episodes on the actual beatitudes, the beatitudes, as we said, are in many ways a proclamation of hope. And at the same time, not only is it a proclamation of hope, it encourages us to live in a manner that is hopeful. Right? When we hear, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will inherit the kingdom of God. Right? That's in, that, that provides hope at that beginning stage. Whereas by the end of the Beatitudes, we're called to action now. Right? We're called to, to make a change. To live in a, in a manner that's nonviolent, to to sacrifice and to be humble, to have attitudes that when we encounter suffering, violence, and greed in the world, we don't act that way. We act opposite. 
We sacrifice. We turn the other cheek. We act humbly. We go to the, the virtue of meekness and mortification. So hope, again, with grace, opens the heart to the true eternal beatitude. And finally, last but not least, hope protects us from selfishness and leads to, to a true happiness that's only found in charity or loving, the neighbor, loving our neighbor. But in order to love our neighbor properly, we have to first know how to love God properly. Right? That's one of the challenges. We often, when you, when you think of the golden rule, love God with all thy, all thy mind, all thy heart, all thy soul, and to love thy neighbor as thyself. What we often do is we, we love our neighbor and forget God. Well, in order to know how to love our neighbor, we first have to know how to love God because that's the order by which it falls. At the same time, again, hope protects us that, from that selfishness where I, all I want is what I want. All I want is my needs first. It's very challenging in the world today because today we live in a, in a society in which I am my own truth. I define what's true. I define what's, what's real for me. I define my own. And, you know, there are truths within the Catholic faith. Often what I found in my own personal life in the past was I was trying to box God into what I wanted it to be. I wanted God to be away from me. And, and that was certainly very backwards. I was very selfish in that. I was trying to control God. Like, God, I want you to think this way, and I want you to do it that way. And, and what I found is that by, through my faith development, through certainly study, prayer, charity, and in, 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 in living my life in terms of service, and, and especially ministering to those affected by poverty, what I found was how backwards I had it. You know, God didn't, I, trying to box God into to my world was, was backwards because he wanted to open me up to a new way of thinking, a new way of seeing, and more importantly, a new way of living. And so that, that is what hope does for us. That is certainly what hope does for us. You know, when, when, when we look at the, the virtue of hope, certainly I, I think there's one great example in Scripture you guys know me, right? I, I always reference scripture because we are, as a faith, scripture and tradition. We're not we're not just tradition. Our faith is scripture and tradition, and we see that at every mass. You see how we read from sacred scripture, right? and we, then we have our sacred tradition carried forth in the Eucharist. So, scripture is very, very important. We're we're called to know to know God. You gotta you gotta read. The Bible. You got to spend time with Him. One way I've found personally to to know God better is to to spend time with His Word. But the example I want to point out about hope is Saint Peter. You talk about a person who needed hope, and I want to point this out between, especially because it's this time of Lent, right? So we know what happens on Holy Thursday. We have the institution of the Eucharist. A few hours later, in late in the evening, Jesus is betrayed by Judas Iscariot. And when you look at that, and, and I think it was, what, 20, 20 or 30 silver talons? It's about $350, $360 in today's money, um, which certainly back then would have been a couple you know, thousands of dollars. But uh, anyway, when we're looking at this today, this is a moment where we saw a lack of hope. 
right? Judas betrays him. And then afterwards, recognizing what happens, right? He despairs. He has complete despair. And unfortunately goes out and commits suicide. Now there's a second instance here where there's a lack of hope. Maybe we could say trust. Peter. Peter has a threefold denial of the Lord. He, he denies Jesus three times. Jesus warned him it would happen. And then Peter said, no, it's never going to happen. Lord, I will go to the cross with you. And the Lord was right. He, he, he said, what would happen? Peter despairs. Peter goes off and he, he's hopeless in many ways. He has that despair, but the hope in the end, really he wasn't hopeless because he returns. He returns to the apostles. And then we see in, in the Gospel of John the threefold affirmation that occurs. It's very interesting that the threefold denial, again, we are Trinitarian, right? In, in many ways, Peter denied Father, Son, and Spirit. But then here, in the threefold affirmation in the Gospel of John after the resurrection occurs, you see how Peter has a threefold affirmation, right? He, in a sense, he's reaffirming his true belief in the Father, in the Son, in the Spirit. It's pretty powerful. So Peter knew what it meant to be hopeless or, or lack hope and could really write about it. So in First Peter, he says the following. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in his great mercy gave us a new birth to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So Peter does a beautiful job here of explaining what hope is. This is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. He explains that our new living hope, this new life, life in Christ, right? We have an inheritance available to us by choice that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, and it's kept in heaven. Man, who, who doesn't want to go to that? <laughs> I certainly do. You know, later in verse 13, he says this, Live soberly and set your hopes completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As he himself was ministering to, to Gentiles, to, to those who weren't out of the Jewish faith, and even those who were of the Jewish faith, you know, he's saying here, live meekly, live humbly, and set your hopes completely on the grace, the grace given to us through Christ, through the Holy Spirit. And especially as the early church is developing the celebration of the Eucharist, you know, as they were, were coming together to celebrate the Eucharist, you know, again, receiving that grace. Beautiful work, right? And again, who else could write better about hope other than Peter? He himself denied Christ. He, I think he would know what hope is. Last, in chapter 4, verse 1, he says this. Since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, for whoever suffers in the flesh has broken with sin. Now, Peter's, Peter's insight here is pretty profound. Again, he's teaching us what, what we kind of talked about earlier, right? That, that hope 
is going to keep us from discouragement. It's going to keep us sustained in times of abandonment. It's going to open our heart and begin to protect us from selfishness that, and, and draw us into a new way of living, right? So when we separate ourselves from sin, when we, when we do suffer, and, and we do, we have challenges. Some of us struggle with, with different things. We may have challenges in a personal relationship. We may be suffering with substance abuse. We may be suffering with doubt itself. We may be suffering uh, or, or questioning our career or any number of things. We have family issues. So many challenges that can discourage us and, and take us off the path. Whereas hope, hope encourages us and sustains us going forward. Going forward. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as we continue on this amazing Amazing period of Lent. Take this time right now. Think about the great gift of grace that bestows this hope for us. The hope of the resurrection. We know what happens on Good Friday, but we have hope because of the resurrection on Sunday. Such a powerful, powerful lesson that we can learn from and draw from every day in our life. Now, uh, we do have a quote, and I'm still trying to do better with this, folks. Uh, this is this is certainly Alina's Alina's thing, and and I I do like it. I love the fact that we always have a quote from a great saint. So uh, today's quote is from Saint Clement of Alexandria: "If you do not hope, you will not find what is beyond your hopes." With that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We certainly appreciate you. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, and as always, please consider becoming a patron of our show. Again, all of your uh, support here helps us to, to maintain this podcast and to continue to minister to not only our students, but those affected by poverty here uh, in Southeast Missouri and, and beyond. So uh, with that, everyone, God bless and keep practicing. <laughs>